Hey everyone, and welcome to Anchor Point's online message. My name is Jess, and I am happy to welcome you here today. Um, it's our hope and prayer that these messages help to keep you connected from wherever you're tuning in and just um, really encourage and spur everyone on to um, the things that Jesus is calling us to <clears throat> and are following him. Um, so today we are actually finishing up our Hebrews series. This is our final message from the book of Hebrews. And so I'm going to be reading the mess or the scripture today. It's from Hebrews 13 verses 20 to 21. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, good morning, guys. How's it going? My name is Tom, and I'm so glad that you're here with us. We are going to be wrapping up our Looking to Jesus series through Hebrews today. We are going to be looking at 10 imperatives for the church based on everything that we've been looking through and reading through and studying. That's how we're going to close out our series together. Um, and it may seem like a lot, and that's okay. I, I, I'm intentionally doing that. I'm building the tension on purpose because I've been really convicted lately about um, the, the high bar that Jesus sets for us as his disciples, that there is a lot more cost involved, a lot more sacrifice involved, a lot more energy, a lot more intentionality than I think we often realize. Um, but he is with us in it. But I, I think for us to to take seriously Jesus' call to follow him um, is a big call. It's a big challenge individually, but also for us as a community that we really need to think through and process through. And so we've been learning all kinds of beautiful stuff about who Jesus is, that he's better than the angels and the Torah and Moses and the sacrificial system, and that he calls us to have faith and to remember that we're together in this, that we gather together. And then today we're going to be looking at just what is that, what it, what are all those things leading up to now? What's our responsibility? How do we partner with God in this to see his kingdom come? and Allison as it is in heaven. And so there is a high bar, and Jesus actually calls us to be perfect. Um, and that's that's something we can't get around. We can't dumb that down. We can't shave some truth off of that. That's, that's what it is. And so we're gonna go through these 10 imperatives for us as a community, and, um, and then we're gonna end um, with something I think is, is really hopeful. So as the tension builds, that's intentional. Um, but just pay attention to this, the things that God is laying on us as a community calling us to. So before we dive in together, would you pray with me? Let's bow our heads and, and pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, thank you for your truth. Thank you that we are, um, those of us who are following you, we are forgiven, that we are, we are cleansed of all of our unrighteousness, that we have been given access again to you, Father, through what you've done, Jesus. That Spirit, you're communicating the the love of the 
Son and the Father to us, and that we are able to come in humbly and boldly into your presence, Lord, at the same time. That, Jesus, you are our King Priest, that you are desiring to rule and reign in us, and you are sympathizing with our frailty and our hesitancy and our unwillingness to to lay our lives down fully. But I pray, Lord, as we walk through this, may we have a, a greater glimpse and a greater understanding of who you are, Jesus, that you are you are immeasurably worth it all. And uh, we ask that any any lie of the enemy, any way that the, the devil is coming at any of us listening to this right now, we just speak against that right now in Jesus' name. We pray for protection and we pray, Lord, for clarity this morning. And maybe, maybe those of us who are hearing this, um, would you draw us closer to you, God, and closer to one another? We pray this all in the awesome and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's hop right in, guys. So verse 1, the first imperative, is to love one another. Let brotherly love continue, it says in Hebrews 13, verse 1. Jesus, in the upper room discourse, says the world is going to know us by something. He says the world is going to know that you're my, you're my disciples, that you're learning how to be human in God's kingdom from me when you love one another, how you love one another. You might have something in your family that's kind of like a, a, maybe everyone has the same color hair. There's like a specific type of nose or a laugh or uh, a, a desire to play a certain sport or creativity or whatever that might be. But for those of us who are in the household or the family of God, the thing that's gonna, that, that the way that we bear the family resemblance is the way that we love one another. The way that we love one another matters. So right now, for us as a community, in the midst of myriads of opinions of things ranging from vaccines to sexuality to politics, how are we going to love one another? How are we going to love one another when we disagree? How is Anchor Point Church going to be known for its love for one another? One down, eight to go. Number two, the second imperative is to show hospitality. Verse 2 says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. This is a call for us as a church to live our lives and share our lives generously. Not just our food, but our time, our energy, our hearts, our homes, our cars, our lawnmowers, etc., etc., we're called to love God and love our neighbor. And we're to treat our neighbor, which is whoever is in front of you at any given moment, like a family member. Do we do that? Do we do that in our own church, let alone in our neighborhoods? Are we treating one another with hospitality? We're called to make space for others. This is going to be a specifically impactful imperative for us as a community as we as a culture, as a country, as a globe are emerging from a, a long period of social distancing and isolation and lockdown. How are we going to show hospitality? How are we not going to neglect to show hospitality not only to one another but to strangers? How is Anchor Point Church going to be known for its hospitality? Third imperative, compassion for those in trouble. Verse 3 says this, Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, 
and those who are mistreated since you are also in the body. This is a call to not forget to treat the most unbroken and hurting with dignity and empathy. Matthew 25, 40, Jesus is saying, hey, when you do it unto the least of these, you do it unto me. It's really easy for us to get stuck in our own world and do our own thing and to forget. Even people in our community that are going through various difficulties and trials and heartache and heartbreak, let alone the people around us who aren't as close to us in relationship, but are we remembering those who are often overlooked? Are we treating those with dignity and empathy who are on the fringes of society, who are neglected and overlooked? We're called to remember those who are not always right in front of us. How is Anchor Point Church going to be known for its compassion? The fourth imperative, we are called to purity. Let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. This is a call to purity. In our age of sexual liberty, this is a call to the Christian sexual ethic, which is that sex is reserved for a man and a woman within the context of a lifelong covenant of marriage. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is raising the bar over and over and over again. He's saying, hey, listen, yeah, you can't just sleep around with your girlfriend. Hey guys, you can't sleep with another guy. He's, he's, he's saying, it's not only that, he's saying, listen, if you even have a lustful thought in your heart, you've committed adultery. And so there's this bar that's raised that are we going to be live, be able to live lives of purity? Are we going to not tolerate things that are impure in our lives any longer? We're called to honor one another, male and female, as image bearers of God, not to objectify for our own purpose or our own pleasure, but to honor marriage, to honor marriage, to flee from sexual immorality, as Paul instructs the Corinthians. How is Anchor Point Church going to be known for its purity? The next one, we are called to lives of contentment. Verses five and six says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? This is a call to live simply while being full of gratitude. In the age of consumerism and more and more and more, we are called to live lives that are content, asking humbly for our daily bread. You are my daily bread. We've been singing this song. You are my daily bread. I never have to beg. You keep me hungry. You keep me fed. God knows what we need before we even ask. We're not to be anxious for any of that. I think a good measure of our faith is, is kind of our ability to become less and less attached to our possessions, to our stuff, to our cars and our, you know, whatever it might be. How do we live lives that are simple? Knowing that, listen, Jesus will never leave us or forsake us. Being able to examine the why behind we want to buy more and more and more. Why we need the newest and greatest thing. Is there something underneath that, a, a need that we're trying to fulfill that only Jesus can? 
The truth is that the man or woman who has Jesus has everything. But in the age of consumerism, how is Anchor Point Church going to be known for its generous contentment? Going on. Kingdom, teaching, and learning, verses 7 to 9. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. This is a call for us as a community to be under the instruction of Christ-exalting teaching from the Bible. For us to look to the scriptures as the source of all wisdom and the way to live in God's kingdom right here, right now. This is a twofold imperative for us who serve in some capacity as church leaders or leadership within the church. We're called to live lives that are worth imitating. Paul says this thing is imitate me or follow me as I follow Christ. Are we living lives leaders that are worth imitating? As we open up the scriptures together and are, are submitting ourselves to the kingship and the lordship of Jesus, is it having, a, is it bearing fruit in our everyday lives? And for you guys who are not in a place of leadership in our community, it's a call for you to pray for us, to pray for us as we do our best to teach you guys and to also live within um, a community that's learning together the way of Jesus as we are submitting ourselves as disciples to Jesus. So in the age of constant information overload, what will it look like? What, how is Anchor Point Church going to be known for its kingdom teaching and kingdom learning. The next imperative, we are called to live differently. Verses 10 to 14. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. This is a call to holiness, not a call to relevance. We as the body of Christ are called to live differently than the world around us. To hold out to the world an alternate way of being human in God's kingdom right here, right now. This requires a culture that can withstand the world's pressure, where the love of Jesus is stronger than the fear of man. In the early church, they were known specifically for in the Roman culture where they were uh, notoriously liberal and generous with their sex. They were very stingy with their help towards the poor. And the early church, one of the, the most, the, the things that brought a bunch of people into it was the way that they actually took care of the poor. They were incredibly generous with, with what they have, with their care of the poor, and they were incredibly stingy with their sex. So they lived in an opposite way to the culture around them. They presented an alternative way to live life right here and right now. How How is Anchor Point going to live in a way that's different from the world around them? This is a lot going on the next imperative continual worship through him let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to god 
that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. This is a call to reorder our worship, our patterns of living towards the King of Kings in a consistent and sacrificial way. The reality is, is all of us are worshiping 24-7. It's just a matter of what we are worshiping. Tim Keller famously says, we become like what we worship. So are we living our lives and patterning our lives in a place of continual worship of the King of Kings? Or is it at the altar of the world, of consumerism or sexuality or um, our jobs or whatever it might be? Or are we saying, listen, you alone, Jesus, are worthy. You alone are Lord, and I'm going to lay my life before you as an act of sacrificial worship. How is Anchor Point Church going to be known for its continual worship of Jesus? Number nine, submission to leadership. Heyo, oh, verses 17 to 19. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooners. The sooner. <laughs> this is a call, again, to both leaders and members of the church, for leaders to live lives that are worthy of trust, and for members to prayerfully honor and submit to the leadership of Anchor Point Church. In a, in a time, guys, in a climate where autonomy is highly valued, being true to yourself, being authentic, not submitting is held in high esteem right now. We are called to submit to one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord. But there is there's some other levels of submission that we learned about in Ephesians earlier this year. That as, as a community, there is this call from God to submit to your leaders as they in their best ability are, are leading in a Christ-like way. That is a lot. How is Anchor Point Church going to be known for its submission to leadership? You may feel like I have just told you, you need to get from here to Vancouver in an hour or in a week's time. And I'm going to give you this car over here, but all the tires are flat and there's no gas in it. But listen, it's a car and you can you just got to figure it out. And the point is that as we've been looking through these things, all of it's going to come together right here because the reality is we can't do this. If we're, if we're left to our own devices and in our own strength, we cannot live lives that are submitted to one another and to our leadership, lives of continual worship, lives that are different than the world around us, lives that are continually submitted to kingdom teaching and learning, um, lives of contentment, lives of purity, lives of hospitality and love for one another in our own strength. That's the reality. That's the point I'm trying to make. You cannot do this on your own. You can't do this, and that's the point. However, this is the good news. This is the payoff. Verses 20 and 21. We are called, there's an imperative here for us as a community to live lives of that are empowered by the Spirit. Okay? Now, may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do as well, working in, a, in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. This is it. 
This is the gas tank being filled up in the car. This is the air going back into the tires. This is how we get from here to there. We live lives that are empowered by the Spirit of God. We cannot do this without God, but with God we can do this. This is a call to live out our discipleship in the church by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, while yielding to the kingship of Jesus and stepping out in continual faith. How is Anchor Point Church going to be known for its dependence on the empowerment of the Spirit? With, with God, guys, we can do this. And this, this brings us back to the beginning. The reality is we can't do away with the high bar that, that has been set in Jesus for us as his people. But the way that we reach for it can be transformed. The, the reality is we are hopeless without God. I'm hopeless, you're hopeless, we're all hopeless without God. Uh, J Jesus in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. You just, it's just not going to happen. But he is designed for us to bear much fruit in abiding in him and staying connected to him. And this brings us back to right where we started this whole entire series. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Jesus says this, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus is saying, listen, look to me, come be with me. Learn from me how to do this because I am going to make you perfect. I'm going to transform you into my image. But would you let me help you? Let me, let me be leading you on. Come with me. Come under my leading, my teaching, my authority. And that, that's how it's going to happen. So for us as a community, guys, this is the call. We are called to these 10 things, but we are called to live lives that are unapologetically dependent on God's spirit. And so as we close this series, as we began, there's a, there's a call to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, as we acknowledge our own weariness at the idea of these things even potentially, knowing that actually everything God is calling us to, he wants to actually be the source in our partnership with him to, 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 to empower us to get from here to there. And so may I, let me pray for us as we close and I, I'm excited that, that in faith, I believe these are things that God is instilling in us. As we've gone through a really tough season as a community, as some of us maybe are at the point where it's like, I don't even know what I, what I think about church anymore. I feel like God is, is, is even using that to, to, to make space to reshape how we think about church, what it means to be a community. As some of us are, are weary of um, and leery of going back to the way things were before, that's not the hope or the plan, guys. We feel like God is calling us into something new as a community. And so as we are coming at this, as we're seeing this from different perspectives, as we are bringing our own experiences, our own hopes and dreams, our own failures, our own disappointments into the middle of the table here, let me just pray for us that God would make himself known, that we would see that the insurmountable um, or incalculable value of, of, of laying down our lives for Jesus. He is worth so much more than we could ever have imagined. And so let me pray. And then um, 
yeah, it's just let's let's be open to what God wants to speak to us in the coming weeks and months, guys, as we continue forward in looking and to looking at and, and learning what it looks like to be disciples as individuals, but also a community of disciples who are following the way of Jesus. I'm rambling, and so I'm going to pray and uh, trust that God is going to speak to you as we pray right now. So. Let's just take a moment. Father, thank you for your vision to reunite heaven and earth once again, to reunite God and man once again, to remove and heal all that all that sin has has wreaked havoc, the w- the ways in which sin has wreaked havoc in our world and in our lives. Lord, there's there's a tall order that you call us to as as your people, and the reality is, we cannot do this in our own strength. We cannot get from here to Vancouver with a gas tank that is empty and tires that are flat. But we are humbled. We are grateful, God, that you are wanting to empower us that you are wanting to lead us and to shape us and to, to, to guide us into your future for us as a community, God. And so we bring our loaves and fishes to you this morning or this afternoon, wherever we're listening to this. We bring our, our failures. We bring our disappointments. We bring our sin, Lord, to you. We also bring our hopes, our anticipations, our desires, our dreams to you. And we ask you, Lord, to have your way, have your way in our community. Lord God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in Alliston as it is in heaven, in Beaton as it is in heaven, in Tottenham as it is in heaven, in Rosemont as it is in heaven, and on out into our entire world. God, let your kingdom come. Your way is better and we yield to you, God. Lord, you have you have everything that we need. And so may we learn to trust you and depend on you and walk into the future fully dependent on you while partnering with you as you empower us to to live out this life that you've called us to. God, thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we end this morning, Lord, just praising you, exalting you to the highest place. There is no one like you, Lord, and we long to be with you. We long to become like you, and we long to do what you did. We ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bless you guys. I love you. And I'm excited to have some conversation with you as we let these things kind of stir us up in the Lord. Have a great day.